Hello listeners, welcome to Vitihasa, an Indic history podcast. This is your host Narendra Vikram and you're listening to episode 59 of the season Vijayanagara. In our previous episodes, we have witnessed the tumultuous conflicts with the Deccan Sultanates, the complex dance of diplomacy with the Mughals, and the intriguing interactions with the Portuguese. As we move forward, we'll explore the final years of Venkataraya's rule, uncovering the challenges and triumphs that shaped his remarkable period in history. Join me as we continue our journey through the pages of Vijayanagara's rich and captivating past. So Venkataraya's family life was marred by discord and turmoil, and the private matters of his relatives played a significant role in hastening the downfall of the empire itself. This chapter delves into the unfortunate events that ultimately led to the civil war. A story that unfolds in the subsequent volume. There has been some debate about the number and names of Venkata II's wives because contemporary sources do not completely align on these details. This discrepancy arises because these sources state the number of wives based on when they were written and could not possibly list all of the monarch's wives. However, when we consider this perspective, we find no inconsistency among the various documents. In fact, both indigenous and foreign sources seem to concur. As per one of Venkata's grants from 1586, he had four wives: Venkatamba, Raghavamba, Padabamba, and Pinavabamba. However, in the Dalavayagraharam plates issued in the same year, the name Pinavabamba is replaced by Krishnamba. This suggests that the former may have passed away that very year, and a new wife named Krishnamba took her place. By this account, Venkata had a total of six wives. Among them, Obamma or Padabamba. was the daughter of Rangaraja Krishnamma or Krishnamba was the daughter of Krishna Raju and Kodamma or Kodambika was the daughter of Gubburi Obaraya Furthermore this Gubburi Obaraya had another daughter who was married to Venkata Father Dujarek the Portuguese Jesuit relying on con- contemporary Jesuit letters provides fascinating details of a feast organized by Venkata for his queens in 1698 here is an excerpt quote one of those days the king invited the queens to a garden outside the city for their enjoyment the procession accompanying them was quite grand it began with a cavalry detachment led by a muslim captain followed by a few knights and several silk standards camels carried the flute and veena band players many foot soldiers were also part of the retinue following them were the chief captains fully armed and on foot accompanied by the royal elephant carrying the imperial standard court nobles surrounded this group next came a massive iron gong carried by four porters continuously struck by four soldiers The king himself 
appeared on a gold sedan chair surrounded by courtiers and servants holding four handsome umbrellas royal insignia including a representation of a fish a lion and other standards like dagger boar sun moon which make up the vijayanagara's official emblem they also followed him then came the chief dalave of the kingdom and finally the prince ranga accompanied by the king's wives the queens were carried in splendid gold litters covered with rich golden drapery adorned with precious stones each litter had two umbrellas to shield them from the sun handmaids fanned their mistresses on both sides this was the grand procession as the king journeyed to the garden in the city suburbs for a holiday he returned after sunset and the path was so brilliantly lit by torches that it appeared to be a daytime despite the later unquote until 1606 opraya and his family held considerable influence at venkata's court father dujarek records opraya's significance describing him as one of the highest nobles in the kingdom with great authority before their king Oberaya's influence was such that during the journey from Santhom to Chantragiri father one of the fathers Richio were granted free passage by merely showing his letters patent any officer's refusal would have meant signing the death sentence when these fathers met Venkata Oberaya sat on the same mat as the king and prince Ranga a favor that caused resentment and rivalry leading to factions at Venkata's court. Oberaya enjoyed favor and influence for many years, particularly during the early years of the Jesuits' stay at Chandragiri. However, Oberaya's name disappears from the Jesuit sources after the first two years, possibly due to the death of Raghavamba. She was likely the favorite wife of the sovereign, and Oberaya her father had gained significant power in the empire and influence at the court as a result Kondambika did not replace her sister Raghavamba in Venkata's affections instead a new favorite queen often referred to as the queen emerged in Jesuit letters from 1606 onwards Father Kutinho in November of that year described how the queen held supreme power in the country due to their sins venkata displayed profound subservience to this consort allowing her to govern everything he was willing to break friendships rather than oppose her wishes she played a role in the estrangement between venkata and the jesuits and remained hostile until she received the money and presents expected from santhom as compensation for their actions None of the Venkata's six wives were able to provide him with a legitimate heir to the throne. Venkatamba, his first wife, was particularly eager to secure the succession. When it became clear that they would not have a legitimate child, she devised a plan to deceive the king by presenting him with a son who was not biologically theirs. One of the Jesuit priests and the chroniclers provides a detailed account of this scheme a brahmin woman from the queen's family aware of venkatamba's strong desire for a son 
claimed to be pregnant for a month and advised the queen to pretend to be pregnant as well. She suggested that after giving birth, she would send the child to the palace secretly, allowing the queen to declare him as her own. The queen followed this advice, feigning pregnancy, and when the Brahmin woman gave birth to his son, she sent the child to the palace. The news then circulated that Queen Venkatamba had given birth to his son. King Venkataraya was well aware of this deceptive plan involving the birth of a supposed heir. However, out of love for the queen Venkatamba and to prevent the matter from being exposed, he chose to conceal the truth and run with the deception. He went so far as to organize feasts and bestow the name Chikkaraya on the boy. A name traditionally given to the heir to the throne the exact date of the boy's birth is not provided by the jesuit priest according to another source it is supposed to have occurred in 1611 ce during the siege of santhom by venkata however this date conflicts with the fact that the boy was married at the age of 14 while venkata was still alive as reported by the jesuit priest which then would place the birth at around 1600 CE considering that Venkata passed away in 1614 it's plausible that the birth occurred even earlier potentially during the early years of Venkata's reign when the capital was likely still at Pinakunda Venkata's treatment of this alleged son was peculiar despite conferring upon him the title of Chikkaraya Venkata kept him confined within the palace at Chandragiri. He rarely permitted the boy to leave without special permission, which was only granted when he was accompanied by the queen. So when this boy reached the age of 14, Venkata arranged his marriage to a niece, bestowing significant honors upon him to appease Oberaya, his brother-in-law. Venkata's suspicious behavior toward this boy raised concerns among the nobles and royal relatives. Father Kutino noted that Venkata had many nephews who claimed the right of succession. King Philip III of Spain was informed before 1610 that there were three potential claimants to Venkata's throne. Even Queen Venkatamba, the presumed mother of the boy, realized at some point that her son would not be recognized as a legitimate king by the nobles. Consequently, she persuaded Venkata to abdicate the throne in favor of his nephew Chikkaraya, the son of Ramaraju. The scandal surrounding the fake son marked the beginning of a tumultuous period for the Vijayanagara Empire, ultimately leading to a devastating civil war that would shatter the resurgent realm into fragments. Despite the valiant efforts of Venkata Vidaraya, the empire's unity was undermined by his own shortcomings in managing family affairs and his inability to curb the ambition and hunger for power among his competing wives and their relatives this internal strife would have dire consequences for the once mighty empire venkata ii had three nephews whose presence was significant in the dynastic politics of vijayanagara one of them was named ramana the son of one of the sisters of the king ramana was present at their royal court particularly during the years of 1604 to 1606 the other two nephews were the sons of rama 
the viceroy of sri lankapatnam initially queen venkatamba championed the cause of the boy falsely claiming to be her son but seized her support around 1599 at that time venkata's nephew ranga was seen as the heir apparent to the throne even though his elder brother tirumala had more grounded rights to the succession ranga was the prince who received the jesuit fathers when they were welcomed at the court in 1599 however in 1600 tensions regarding the succession began to escalate primarily due to disputes between the two brothers tirumala and ranga both had supporters and factions at the court with tirumala enjoying the support of numerous and powerful chiefs venkata himself strangely preferred ranga who was being raised in the palace despite this preference tirumala based on his birthright and the esteem of the subjects once was considered the heir apparent to the kingdom in 1604 he was referred to as the crown prince by father guerrero and father cutino who also similarly referred to him as the prince in 1608 despite this was despite venkata's disdain for tirumala we don't know why venkata hated tirumala tirumala faced further humiliation when he retreated from srirangapatnam as previously mentioned tirumala's retreat led to him losing the support of the nobility against venkata's ambitions it is likely that around this time ranga was publicly recognized and adopted by his uncle as the heir apparent this is according to the source ramarajmu this succession dispute and venkataraya's changing preferences play a significant role in the events that followed in vijayanagara's history as venkata the second aged his ability to rule over the turbulent feudatory chiefs including the nayaka of vellore became increasingly challenging family intrigues and disputes were further contributing to the instability within the kingdom in a letter from 1607 father cutino noted that the king is very old and is apparently the end of his life and in 1608 and 1611 it's also mentioned of venkata's advanced age another jesuit letter from 1611 reported that venkata was too old and sometimes exhibited signs of senility allowing those who governed the kingdom to act as they pleased in short venkata by the time of 1611 he was pretty much uh, incapacitated and more like a vegetable venkata raya was probably in his late 70s when he died or even early 80s this is not fully clear but i don't agree with wikipedia's entry on his age which says he died when he was 67 that doesn't sound too old and also doesn't seem to fit the raya's descriptions by the jesuits even philip iii of spain acknowledged venkata's age stating in a letter from 1610 that he had been informed of the king of vijayanagara's advanced years despite venkata's old age and declining health his death did not occur until the end of the following year in 1614 as his end approached venkata renewed the appointment of prince ranga as his successor 
this decision would have significant implications for the future of the kingdom. What is even more amazing is a scene that unfolded 3 days before Venkataraya's death and which is vividly captured in Portuguese priest Father Berarda's chronicles and it goes like this. Quote, 3 days before his death, the king put aside his scandalous fake son. In the presence of several nobles of the kingdom, the king summoned his nephew Chikaraya, that is Ranga, and extended his right hand. which held the royal ring of the state toward him he intended for chikraya to take the ring and become his successor in the kingdom however chikraya moved to tears humbly declined the offer and knelt at the feet of the old king the king venkataraya signaled to those around him to raise chikraya and placed him on his right side once again offering him the ring but the prince lifted his hands above his head as if he already had divined how much ill fortune the ring would bring him and begged the king to pardon him if he wished not to take it chikrai initially hesitated but under the advice of the captains present accepted the ring placing it on his head and then on his finger while shedding tears king venkata then presented his successor with various royal insignia including a robe valued at 200000 crusados this is basically in portuguese currency is what is being described a great diamond worth over 600 crusados earrings valued at over 200000 and priceless pearls these items symbolize the transfer of power and chikraya was immediately proclaimed as the new ruler Father Bradas mentioned that Venkata passed away 6 days after Ranga's proclamation. Although he did not specify the exact date of the king's death, to approximate the date, additional sources related to this event can be considered. As per various sources and finding a solid intersection of the dates, it said that Venkataraya passed away sometime in the middle of October 1614 CE in the fort of Vellore. where he was residing at that time venkata the second was known for his exceptionally attractive character as described by his contemporaries dujarek referred to him as the most affectionate king and koteno attested to this sweet and meek nature another jesuit priest praised his natural goodness and great qualities while another priest recognized him as a lord of great authority prudence and understanding comparable to any european ruler even in his mangalpad grant it was noted that he was indifferent to other men's wives these admirable personal qualities made him an exceptional monarch hindu sources from his time and those following his death uniformly praised him as one of the greatest sovereigns of vijayanagara empire emphasizing his greatness and piety he was often described as a wise and a glorious ruler who illuminated the world with his fame furthermore venkata the second's generosity was a prominent aspect of his character earning him a reputation for being very liberal and venkata raya stands out as the most illustrious and powerful king of the arabidu dynasty uh, he wielded an uh, iron hand 
to thwart the ambitions of the Golconda Sultanate and successfully reclaimed vast territories that had been lost during the reigns of his father and brother Ranga. His alliances with Bijapur troubled by internal strife and the Portuguese viceroy who harbored suspicions about his friendship with Akbar were notable achievements in his foreign policy. So during Venkata's 29-year reign, the country or the Vijayanagara experienced a period of prosperity and relative peace. While he had to subdue numerous local chiefs, especially early in his reign, such actions were essential to prevent the empire's premature downfall. Venkataraya consistently achieved success in these endeavors. His immediate domain was described by Jesuits who visited or resided at his court as well-administered and prosperous, except for the final years when he played a reduced role in the administration and governance of the empire. Venkata's broad-mindedness was evident in his welcome reception of the Jesuits at his court and his diplomatic relations with foreign nations. His concessions to the citizens of Santom, Negapatnam, as well as the Dutch in Pulikat were measures that fostered industry and commerce, laying the groundwork for future concessions to English traders by his successor, Ranga III. Furthermore, Venkata was a notable patron of literature, as will be explored in the next chapter. He also supported the fine arts, shedding light on the aesthetic aspects of his character. His long and illustrious life was marred by several significant flaws. Firstly, his involvement in the demise of the Tuluva dynasty is a stain on his record. There is a mounting evidence to suggest that he played a role in the murder of Sadashivaraya, the unfortunate puppet sovereign. While the imprisonment of Sadashiva by Ramaraya could be partially justified, his assassination by Venkataraya cannot be excused, whether it is due to personal rivalry or public policy. Secondly, Venkata's withdrawal from active governance in his later years had disastrous consequences. The rule of his favoured wife and her relatives proved detrimental to the empire, as depicted in the Jesuit letters and as we discussed earlier. The discontent among the nobles stemmed from his submissive behaviour likely laying the groundwork for the civil war that erupted immediately after his death. The greatest flaw in Venkata's rule was his unwavering preference for his second nephew, Ranga. The love that prompted him to appoint Ranga as his successor, despite the latter's protests, was a direct precursor to the ensuing mayhem. While the initial intention was to place Venkata's putative son on the throne or the fake son, Chagraya would likely have struggled to find supporters among the nobles without Venkata's endorsement. So Chagraya was the uncle of um, the supposed fake son or he was the brother of Venkata's favourite wife. So Venkata alienated many Nayakas and feudatory chiefs of the empire by rejecting the favourite heir uh, to the throne who is Tirumala and, 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 and by replacing him with uh, Ranga. So Tirumala had the support of more influential and numerous chieftains. When they witnessed Tirumala being displaced by his younger brother, 
Jonathan naturally expressed their discontent by siding with the rival faction. This early division, as noted by the Portuguese priests, foreshadowed the rebellion against the newly appointed emperor or the newly anointed emperor Ranga II. While Venkataraya certainly deserves credit for the temporary restoration of Vijayanagara's former glory, uh, his unwitting role in triggering the civil war following his death weakened imperial authority and accelerated the empire's downfall. As we conclude our exploration of the life and reign of Venkataraya II, a ruler whose legacy is both illustrious and yet marked by significant flaws, we reflect on the complex tapestry of this history. His rule saw the resurgence of the empire, a flourishing of culture and diplomacy, but also the seeds of its eventual downfall. His story reminds us that even the most powerful leaders are not immune to the complexities of human nature and intricacies of governance. We hope you've enjoyed this journey through the corridors of power. If you found this episode in the series on Venkataraya enlightening and engaging, please consider subscribing to the podcast, sharing it with friends and fellow history enthusiasts, and leaving your reviews. Your support helps me continue producing more of these fascinating stories from the past. Join us in our next episode as we delve into new chapters of history of Vijayanagara. Until then, this is your host Narendra Vikram. Thank you for listening and I look forward to having you with us again. Have a nice day.